Well, welcome. Good evening. Good evening. Ah, lots of shiny faces right in front of me for a change. Wow, amen. This looks like an amphitheater almost. Amen. So, are we ready to praise the Lord? kinds of noise over there. Are we ready to praise the Lord? There we go. Amen. Praise God. Well, we, uh, we have a new face with us tonight. Um, I'd like to say our brother Darren's here. Um, let's welcome him. His first time he just got approved and we're happy he's here. So get to know him. Shake his hand before he leaves today. So show him, show him that we, uh, that we, we like having him here. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. So uh, I'm going to read some scripture. I'll pray and we'll get in some praise and worship. How's that sound? Okay. <laughs> Amen. All right. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Gospel's important, right, brothers, sisters? Amen. Let's not forget that. Let's uh, stand up. I'll pray. And... Father, we are just so thankful this evening for our lives and for your love and for your presence in our lives. Lord, we just want to praise you and honor you and Thank you for what you're doing here, for what you're doing for us, for what you're doing in our families and around us. Lord, tonight, Lord, we just pray that you would continue to protect us and guide us and give us joy and peace. Lord, tonight we ask that you would uh, be with our pastor as he is away, Lord, as he is not feeling good, Lord, uh, continue to heal him and bring him back to us as quick as possible, Lord. We miss him and we love him. And Lord, for the many others that are ill tonight, and not present. Lord, I pray for their healing as well, Lord, that you would heal them quickly and bring them back to us as well. Lord, tonight I, I just uh, pray and ask, Lord, that you would just continue to, to use this body mightily. Lord, uh, bless the praise and worship team, Lord, as they prepare to uh, bring us into that sweet place of worship. Lord, tonight uh, anoint and bless the speakers as they bring your word, and Lord, as they... Uh, as they give us the message that you desire them to give us. Lord, we just uh, thank you for this time once again. We praise you, we honor you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's go ahead and stay standing. Give you a little more of a challenge. This is going to be fun. Time. We got words up here, this we got words good. back there. So no one should have to. <laughs> Let's praise the Lord Push. 
that verse again. Higher.
Lord, we praise your name tonight. Lord, we love you so much. Your name is great. Your name is above all. There is no other name. There is no other God. Lord, there is no one but you. There is no one beside you. You truly give us wonders every day, Lord. Your mercies are new every morning, and we thank you, Lord. We bless your name tonight. i 
so good when your children can come together as one. Lord, we just ask that our praise tonight would be acceptable before you. Lord, that we would be worshiping you tonight in spirit and in truth, Lord, because you are worthy. This is about it.
coming again. How will he find us, church? Lord, we just pray that you will find us as a bride prepared for her husband, Lord. Lord, as we worship you tonight, Lord, give us a new hunger for you. Give us a fresh filling of your spirit, Lord, that we would desire to worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord, all the time. When the music fades, 
all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry
Welcome, welcome, church. How's everybody doing this on this new year that we're in? Well, before we start, I'll open up in prayer and talk to our Father. Give us a moment for everybody to settle down. All right, let us pray. 
Heavenly Father God, we come to you. We thank you, Father God, for your, lo- your full of love and compassion on your people. We ask you, Father God, to make this time a fruitful time, Father God, to bless our brother that's given us the word today, Father, that he may be a, a mouthpiece for you, Father, and that we may hear the word. And we ask you, Father God, that you just continue to watch over our families and continue to, to bless us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give all glory and thanks. Amen. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. I love it when we, uh, we get to praise him and worship him and we get to come to the foot of his throne and, and really lay our hearts there. Um, at least that's what I felt. I don't know if you felt the same as I did, but that's what I just felt. and um, I love that. Um, you notice I like to dance. Um, it's just the way I, I express my praise and my worship to him. It just comes out. Um, it's not normal for me, so I really enjoy that. I praise God for that. Amen. Well, we got some special guests, speakers tonight that are going to talk to us and bring us the word and, and uh, share it with us. But uh, before I invite them up, I have a question for you. <laughs> no, not that one. What do you get when you cross a cow in a volcano? What do you get when you cross a cow in a volcano? What? You get utter disaster. I don't know if I want to follow that or not. I'm not going far. Just a little bit out for the that's good. I'm off the ramp. Is this mic on? Yes. Hello? Testing? Good. As you can see, things are going to be a little different this evening. Deb and I found out today for sure that um, Sekou was incapacitated, so we all should pray for Sekou to get better. And so we took a message that I had prepared, and we took some of it so it didn't last four hours and uh, put it together. A long time ago, when we were in Hadley One, uh, Deb had come up with a fantastic idea, and we all sat in a circle, and we had a discussion, and everybody loved it that was there back then. So she said, why don't we do this together? And you present some information that the Lord has given you, because he did give me this, and then we'll be kind of have these people turn around this way and we'll have a little circle and Deb will be participating so she's going to need that other mic uh, so you can do that whenever you want to but what we're going to start with is a few slides we're going to go quickly through them but I'd like you all to pay attention to them pretty close because those are the things we're going to be discussing later and what we want is your input as a family as a church just like the early church did it. They met in homes, they discussed things, they talked about the Lord, they shared the Lord, they sang, they worshiped, just like here. And I gotta say this, this wasn't part of what I was gonna say, but I gotta say this. If you don't think the Lord can use you, stop and think. Look at this room right now. And then look where it came from. 
Somebody who was willing to do what the Lord said, and because of it, I have a home and I have a church. And otherwise I wouldn't. And there's nobody that can do that except our Lord. Amen. Amen. But he can use anybody. There is nobody in this room that the Lord cannot use. Nobody. So let us begin. If I can make this thing work, it'll be absolutely wonderful. <clears throat> Let's look at how God sees you and me. I'm part of that you, all right? The knowledge of how God sees us should affect how we live our lives. Now, one thing that Deb told me earlier as we were doing this, there are clues on every one of these slides. So watch for the clues that have something to do with you and me. There's not a lot of slides, by the way. God cannot remember your sins as he has promised to forget them all. And how many here believe that when God makes a promise, he keeps it? Okay? That's pretty basic Christian 101, I think, all right? By the way, i got to back up a minute. All those songs where you're listening to the words, because I don't think there wasn't one song on there that I could, couldn't make a slide out of for this presentation tonight. Not one of them. They all fit in perfectly. It was amazing to me. I was sitting back there going, wow. I looked over at Deb and went, wow, look at that one. But he can't, he can't remember sins that he's promised to forget. We must choose to believe his truth I choose to believe the devil's lies. <coughs> Let's get to basics. Let's stick to basics. That's pretty basic right there. Because there is no other option. I love these people who say, well, I'm going to do it my way. You don't have a way. You're going to do that or that. One or the other. That's what you're going to do. And if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And this house right here is designed to serve the Lord. No man can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. going to ask you later, what's mammon? So think about it. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake, and will not remember their sins. Look at that again. Because that's going to come up. God cannot make a loser. That's right. How many times did I call myself a loser? Oh. I hate to even think about it. I can see God sitting up there going, my goodness, what is he doing now? I'm sure I'm the only one in the room that ever felt that way. So. <laughs> anyway, he can't make a loser. What is your self-talk? <coughs> Failure? What does God say? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Overcomer. We are to be overcomers. Because he was an overcomer. And we're supposed to be like him. 
That's what he's teaching us. It's called sanctification. We're going to talk about that if you want. We're going to talk about what you want to talk about. Loser. Wrong way. Disgusted. Give up. Can't make it. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. Psalm 139.14. States it pretty clear, doesn't it? How does God see us? Hmm. Certainly not the way I have seen myself for a long time. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. A whole sermon could go on this verse all by itself. This is pretty deep right here. This is not basic 101. I'm going to say a part of that again because I love people to bring this one up. And through us diffuses the fragrance of whose knowledge? Yeah. His knowledge, not ours. Because our knowledge is foolishness compared to his knowledge. Where? In every place. Hmm. Interesting. God cannot abandon you. We sang a song about this just a little while ago. You never give up on us. Well, how did how did it go? What's uh? Somebody tell me the words real quick. Never fails. never fails. He never gives up. His love never fails. He never gives up on me. Never runs out. Never runs out. God is not unjust to forget you. Because if he ran out, he'd be unjust. And if he was unjust, he wouldn't be God. It's that simple. Because that's an attribute of God. Justice. I will be with you and protect you wherever you go. One of the greatest promises in the Bible right there. And gee, this is all New Testament stuff, isn't it? Oh, I'm sorry. This is Genesis 28, 15. <laughs> we don't look at the Old Testament. Of course you do. Of course we do. All right. God cannot stop thinking about you. Do you ever think about that? We think about God, but he can't stop thinking about us. Not as a group. Individually. Hmm. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. God cannot stop loving you. <laughs> he can't do it. These are things, my sermon was going to be, ten things God cannot do. And there's just a few of them. But he can't stop loving you. We can stop loving people, and they can stop loving us. But God can't. When did he start loving us? When? Come on, don't be bashful here. Boom, right here. Did you hear it? Say it louder. Before anything was ever formed, he thought about us. Whoa, wait a minute. My goodness. The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Everyone that believes in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, the Bible says, was drawn to him. By him. Amen. 
Jeremiah 31, 3. Oh, that's another Old Testament thing. I'm sorry. But they shall wait, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. What do we call ourselves here? Eagles. Eagles. What did the Lord say in the New Testament that he would make us? What was it? Got to speak up. Fishers of men. Fishers of men. Well, there it is. <laughs> Both right there. I just noticed that when I was sitting here going through the slides. Beforehand, I went, fishers of men. It's right there. I had the eagle part all set, and but he's, it's all there. Now, we're going to have a little discussion. What I'd like to do, I'm going to change the chairs around right now. Why don't you just quickly... Bring your chair up here, turn it around, and, and, and a couple of people in the middle of the rest are all right. Just a couple of you, you two up there, bring yours up here so we have a little bit of a circle. And Deb, do you have the other mic right here? He has it for you. Yep. I'd like you to come up here, Deb. You, you want to come up here or you want to sit there? I was thinking I'd just leave from behind. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> <laughs> We'd like you up here. This is the first question for discussion. By the way, we can discuss anything that has come to your mind here. That's what this is all about. It's about sharing for those who want to. Don't feel you put on the spot. If you want to share, you share. If you don't, you don't. Why do I feel like I'm being put on the spot? Well, we'll get the lights on. We're gonna, can we adjust those spotlights down on him a little bit there? No, all right. Well, why don't you give her the mic back there? Does she have it? Oh, good. You're way ahead of me. Deb, would like to say a few words. So, can y'all hear me? Yes. Can y'all hear me? Yes. Oh. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so I'm going to sound kind of like a broken record because I know that many of you have heard this before. But I heard recently that even in our people we really look up to, they haven't done this. So I would like for everybody, when you are um, alone, probably, probably don't want to do it now because it's an emotional thing, mm -hmm. but I want you to ask God how he sees you. I asked him a long time ago when he sees you, and you would not believe how awesome you are. So do that, okay? Ask God, you know, probably when you're alone. Because you probably do this, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the first question. How do you all feel that God sees you? Comments? Anybody? Have any? Go ahead. Try to talk loud. I'll try to keep it short, but if you know, I get to chit-chat. <laughs> um, I, see, I see that he sees me as an overcomer, a conqueror, a lion, powerful, courageous, brave. These are his words. An encourager, intelligent, wise, even though at times I question it, but I have to fall back into grace and mercy. Um, and I see that he sees me in that position as well. Someone who can extend grace and mercy when I'm hurt, when I'm offended, and not to be so quick to 
use my words as weapons to judge them and condemn them to a place that they, they don't need to be, but to lift them up in the hardest of places. An overcomer of doubt, I've, that power he's given me through those beautiful nine fruits. I'll talk too much, say, hey, Brady, somebody else needs a turn. I don't mind. <laughs> um, but it's the one at the end that he taught me through Corinthians, and he really took me through a, a lesson when I was struggling in my 20-year journey. 20-year journey. And I had to ask him a deep question. I had, and he revealed his truth through the power of Christ, through the teaching of the rabbi, through Jesus, through the Son and who is God. He showed me through Corinthians that one at the very end. You know, it's a powerful thing. Self-control. We got to love, joy, peace. Everybody says that. But he says, I've given you the power of self-control. Watch your tongue. Son, watch your tongue. Open your heart. I know it'll hurt. But open your heart, and you'll be surprised. It's not about Ray. It's about who he draws to him. Because I'm going to let him know. And anybody who's ever been in that journey with me, I don't have a problem saying his name. I don't put up with foolishness when it comes to Jesus. Ray, when you just said that, you referred back to one of our songs. It's all about what? It's all about you. It's all about you. That's one of the things that taken me quite a while to realize. Not about me. Anybody else? Otto. John 1, 1, 12 says, But to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the rights to become children of God. Hallelujah. Yes, amen. Excuse amen. Children. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Anybody else? Go ahead. The beginning of the, uh, in the beginning, God to the end of Amen. He leads me to believe that I am a child of God. Yes. And all these words yes. that we can say, we can think, we can look, overcome. I am. Also, he sees me as a peacemaker, as a listener. He sees me as a a lover of others. Mm. Um, <coughs> he sees me as strong. Yeah. And almost time I don't think I am. Um, Leaves me as also. Anybody else? Go ahead. I think when I when I think of what God thinks of me or how He sees me, I think He sees me as I am. He sees my warts. He sees my wrinkles. He sees my uh, He sees my heart just as it is. Um, he knows my weakness, and he knows my needs. But he does not dwell on that. What he sees is he sees what's already been said. He sees a sinner saved by grace. He sees someone who has been washed by the blood of Christ, and his sins are accounted to him no more. 
That's who he sees me as. And I can take comfort in knowing that because he sees me in that way, he has, in his grace, given me the power to overcome. He's given me the power to have self-control. He's given me the power to share his love with others. He's given me the power to break down and cry. Right? He's given me the power to repent. He's given me the power to be quiet. And he sees me as a purchased son, an adopted son. And that's what I see scripture tells me who he sees me as. Sees you as a relative. I got that from the end of what you just said. He sees you as a relative. It's a relationship that he wants and that he sees. And he knows how great that relationship can be. And he's teaching us that. That's a good point, I think. I think Dennis was next. Then. I think he sees me basically as an indentured servant. He paid for my freedom through his blood. And now it's my turn to give back to him uh, in any way that I can. I'm, as people have already said, I'm saved by grace, not by my works. But I think it's important for each of us to consider he did this much for us in giving his blood. What can we do for him? Yeah, um, I believe like where um, in any text, any Bibles that you want to look into, the main thing instead of looking at him, how can you look at yourself? Look in that mirror. How can you be the fisher of man and know when people and know what to say or when to say without learning all that he teaches on a day-to-day -day basis? So you can interject yourself and bring up someone's spirit and help them out because you already, you've been through that situation of whatever it is you're going through, whatever sins you have created for yourself, how to overcome it and how to pick up, be there for somebody else because you can see the signs. When you see the signs, it's like you kind of tell the future what path that's leading where you can bring someone back from that path. But it teaches how to love ourselves better. The only way we can spread the word of God and get everybody to be united as one and take care of each other and become a better human being. You gotta learn from everybody else and maybe learn yourself. Once you know yourself, to be able to it just everything just comes naturally after that one. Teaches in a way to take take better steps and be more cautious and be aware and create your positive reinforcement of people that's you just just <coughs> yourselves where of energy of, of, oh, what are they trying to finesse or what are they trying to get at when we're actually just being a decent, kind human being to lift each other's spirits up to praise God and follow His Word and spread it amongst even more people than we thought we could and be the fisher of men again. Right, I agree. The It's a good point because He tells us in the Scripture, go ye into all the world and preach the Gospel. It doesn't mean get up here in front of the pulpit. It means what you were talking about. And he doesn't mean for each one of us to go all over the world. He's talking about his church in the world should preach the gospel to the world. So where is it that you preach the gospel? By your life and everything else. In the world you live in. In your neighborhood, in your work environment. Just like you were talking about there. And I, I believe that's a...
truth of Scripture. Go ahead, Ray. Just to keep feeding it, uh, we, <laughs> he's building us building blocks. Yeah. We're, we're just building blocks yeah. on the cornerstone. So on what you just said, just riding on that beautiful word wave, love thy neighbor as you love thyself. And if you like living and you like fresh food and you like a smile on your face, there's just, to, I heard the saying on Caleb. <laughs> and on Caleb says, there's nice people all over the world. And if you can't find one, be, be one. one. <laughs> That's a good one. That's good. Yeah. How simple. Yeah. Anybody else? Go ahead. I think uh, a lot of times we look at preaching as verbal, and, and it's not. No. For me, it, my worship and uh, my journey is more, I like to help. I like to be pretty much silent, but I like to show the Lord through me in my actions. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, somebody help me because I'll get this wrong. Was it, was it Charles Wesley or John Wesley? Or who was it that said... Uh, you should preach and sometimes use words. Oh, was that who it was? See, I knew I'd get the wrong one, but anyway. Yeah, sometimes use words, which indicates that most of your preaching isn't words. It's living. You said, you said uh, what you were just saying made me think, yeah, we're apprentices. We're Christ's apprentices. He's teaching us. We're learning from the master. That's what apprenticeship was all about. If you wanted to be a plumber, you found a master plumber and went there. If you wanted to be an electrician, you found a master electrician and you went and you apprenticed under it. We're apprenticing under the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The creator of the universe is the master that we apprentice. It's amazing. That's what disciple means, brother. Come on. Yeah. There you go. Word, discipleship. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Anybody else? Steve's back there. Been the same couple times. Oh, sorry. Okay. Being shy. That's all right. Go ahead, Steve. Um, then. I think God sees me as someone in need of Him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's pleased to see me when I do draw on His strength, for I can do nothing without Him. You know? And I have to stay hooked up to the mind. Yeah. And I see something else in that picture that reminds me of that. I see the air beneath the wings. <laughs> I see him as wind, as spirit, as the strength that draws on me that allows me to soar at times. And that's what I need. And, and that's what I think he sees me, as someone just in need of him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Good word. Yeah. Now this might be a, this might be a girl thing. But... <laughs> <laughs> But did anybody go look at Christmas lights this year? Yeah. They've got these new lights, and they're all different colors, and they're coming down like icicles, and they're like total bling. I loved them. <laughs> and I think the, the way that God showed me, y'all, when I asked him to, was bling like that, mm. like total amazing light. And just, ooh, you know? Shimmery and brilliant. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Like Indian motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, like if, if you ever go looking at Christmas lights with guys, and you probably will, 
they looked at the Indian motorcycle and some silly car that was red. When all these beautiful, beautiful lights were around, uh, it was very different than going with girls. <laughs> Robin? So um, God sees me as his daughter, and he sees me as a mother and grandmother. Mm -hmm. But really, probably the most important thing, I think he sees me as his friend. Mm -hmm. and I just love being his friend. One of our songs says that, doesn't it? You call me friend. A Fred, you thought that's what it was? Yeah, no, could be. I'll, I'll, I'll just for a little intermission there. I'll, I'll pull one of, uh, I'll pull one of uh, Oso's things. Uh, the little boy was in church in Sunday school and the uh, so one of the children asked what God's first name was and the little boy raised his hand and the teacher says yes Johnny what 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 do you want to say he said well I know what God's first name is he said well what is it he said Howard he, he says Howard Howard where did you come up with that <laughs> Well, it says it right there. It says, how would be thy name? <laughs> anyway. Just as bad as, just as bad as Oso's. <laughs> Anybody else want to comment on what we're, how God sees you? I think the conversation has been wonderful. Oh, uh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. like, uh, does ever wonder like, how to make a difference? How can you know how to make a difference when God gives us the way to make the difference in ourselves first? To understand it, to help change it amongst anybody else. Yes. Mm. Yes. I thought it was very interesting when we talked a few minutes ago about you don't have to be up front or talk to, to be a, a preacher. But uh, I don't know. We had some pretty good ones here in the last 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> Talking around here, we had a bunch of preachers as far as I was concerned. Want to move on to the next one? There's only two, by the way, so don't get too worried. There's only two questions. Are we ready? Well, let's see if this is ready. What prevents you from seeing yourself as God sees you? Now, many have indicated here that they, that God's, the way God sees them, and, and I think those answers were very good, and that's how God sees you, but is it all he sees for those people what prevents you from seeing the rest of what how God sees you and for those who aren't seeing this and still think they're like the picture said a loser or junk or whatever else what prevents you from seeing because God doesn't change and if you know if we don't love ourselves and this is by the way me talking just to me not to you people because I'm the most guilty one in here about this. Deb will nod, so don't nod. <laughs> I, could I have never seen myself as worth anything. And God loves me. So what am I basically saying? This is what came to me when I was making this sermon. What am I basically saying? God doesn't know what he's talking about. God doesn't know who to love and who not to love. He doesn't know I'm a piece of junk. And he shouldn't love me. That's what I'm saying. 
and that's foul. That made me feel worse about myself. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud, I'm, now I'm putting God down. This is crazy. No, it's not crazy. If God, the creator of this universe, loves me, then I'm wrong not to listen to him and learn to love me. Yes. I was uh, going to a church, this church, and uh, the pastor's wife, every time I saw her, she'd hug me and be as I was thrilled and said she loved me, and it used to really bug me. Didn't, I couldn't get, understand why she kept doing that. Because I just, anyway, so I'm driving to church, I'm, and I'm thinking, and I'm just getting like, kind of uh, irritated to drive there to, to, uh, to see, know that she, she was going to do it again. So I sat in the parking lot, and I start praying. God, and I said, what's wrong, you know, why can't I let her hug me and say she loves me? And God talked to me, maybe, I think that was the first time, first and only time, but I'll never forget it. He said, you will not be able to accept love until you love yourself. And it just changed my whole relationship with this woman. It was just so simple, but so I just immediately it changed it's wonderful. my attitude. It's wonderful. And so, what does that tell you? What you just take that one step further? That's beautiful. That's very beautiful. <coughs> take that one step further. He said to you, and I'm paraphrasing, so correct me if I'm wrong, that you'll never be able to accept love from somebody else until you love yourself. Right. From this woman. Take well, it a step further. From, any, uh, from him. From, from him. Yeah. You'll never be able to accept his love until you learn to love you. And that's true, too. That, and he's yeah. the one that's going to teach you how to love yourself. Yeah. By the way, I'm talking to me. Okay. No, but that's true. But that's beautiful. Well, my whole, uh, the whole, my whole attitude about love changed. So, yes, yeah. that's wonderful. And it was... And, and it was the Holy Spirit. And I think that's when... Uh, you know, it's like, who am I to God? I'm, I know He loves me, and I can't explain or put it into words. I just know it. I know He's always right next to me, and I know that He's uh, patting me on the back, and He's observing me, and when I screw up, He doesn't get mad. Sometimes He's carrying. As long as I'm... <laughs> I think that He... If He sees that I'm trying to be on the path I'm supposed to be as, a, as my yeah. gift and life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That uh, he puts up with a lot for me as long as I'm on that road to learning. That's a wonderful experience. Absolutely wonderful. So I think a lot of us touched on it. Pretty much everybody actually touched on it. So you said multiple times. <coughs> There's a verse that uh, I love so much because it really goes along with that. It's, uh, it always chokes me up to actually say it, but it's come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened. What's the beginning of that? And I will give you rest, but what's what's the beginning of that? What's, what's the very first part of that? You tell come us. To come to me. Like he said, he had to come to God and, and ask God, why? Why can't I do this? 
when we, we take that moment where we step away from him. Well, in a few minutes, you're going to find how interesting that is you brought that up. Go ahead. <laughs> That's good. That's very good. And then it goes off what he had said, is that but first you got to know who you are. Because mm -hmm. I'm going to play Seiku. Uh-oh. Genesis 3? Genesis 3. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what prevents you from seeing yourself as God sees you? Well, you answer the question, did God really say no? Mm. And we don't pay attention to what God has really said. Instead, we pay attention to what somebody else is saying. And when we do that, we are ultimately, A, deceived, and B, we live a life of discouragement and depression. But if we remember David, and I think it's Psalm 136, how many times does he say, for his loving kindness endures forever. That's repeated a dozen times at least in that chapter. Yes. And, and when we think about his love for us, his love for us is not, uh, is not contingent upon my obedience. Because he loved me while I was yet a sinner. Mm -hmm. He died for me. Mm -hmm. He says, before the foundation of the world, mm -hmm. I chose you. Mm -hmm. Right? So God is, God has a view, but the thing that prevents us is in a moment we, we doubt what God has said. And we don't spend the time that we need to renew our minds, to recall just exactly what God has said. And we've got this little, little voice and it's has God really said to do you really say that? You are a loser. You are an angry man. You are and God says, be an overcomer. That's what I've created you to be. That's what I that's why Christ shed his blood. Because I have overcome the world. You didn't overcome the world. I didn't overcome the world, but he did. It's in the saying goes there are two voices that you can hear. And the one you listen to will win the fight. And, and to me, another key verse in the whole thing, one of the key verses in the entire Bible is in John 4. He's talking to, he's talking to somebody that's got some real issues, right? Those who worship must worship in spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. And so we have to come to that point where we see the truth of what God says, not what our culture says, not what the enemy says about us, but we have to see the truth of what God says. And sometimes we're not going to like that truth yeah. because he's calling us, just like he called that woman, out from something, right? And he's doing it a lot because we are a daughter, we are a son, we are an overcomer. We have the Holy Spirit within us. That's who we are. We are skeletons that have been breathed 
given the breath of life to walk in you. Anybody else? Uh, how many people are our parents? Parents? In the room. Everybody have mm -hmm. parents at, at one time? <laughs> uh, pretty much, you, you love your kids no matter what they become in life. You can guide them to make better choices, but no matter what, that love is always going to be there no matter what. Just like our Creator God, we're all His children. You know, He loves us no matter what. That same type of love, you can break it down by, oh, does He love me? Or, you know, thinking about it. But that unspoken truth of love, actually loving another human being, like a parent that loves their child and always there, even though sometimes they mess up, but they're always giving them a little bit of advice to get back on the right road. But you can't never tell them what to do because kids never listen. You can give them good advice and let them make their own choice. Like the old saying here, you either learn the easy way or the hard way. It's your choice to make it. And most of the time they choose the hard way, but how else can they learn the right way if they didn't choose the hard way? They help better as they get older and become an adult and flourish in life and whatever their endeavors are. There's that, that, it's just that their parents always love their kids. God always loves all of us, no matter what we do. And we're able to bounce back come from rock bottom when stuff happens to any of us, whatever happened in our lives, but we have a chance to overcome like we were talking about and rebuild ourselves to what we want and love ourselves and spread that that type of love and knowledge of human being a human being to everybody else around us and just start growing from there. You know, just plant one seed, then next you know you have a whole garden. This is what I think about it. And it prevents us selfishness and not seeing that. You know, sometimes we can break it down and do different analogies. Um, do whatever analogy you can break it down for that type of love, and that's the simplest one that I could do as a parent's love for their kid. Mm -hmm. Just like God or his children. <coughs> Anybody else? Yes, Dennis. I think the thing that keeps us from seeing ourselves as God sees us as sin. Uh, very simply, we have sin, and we... It's a human thing. We dwell on it. We hold it to ourselves. We keep it. And instead of giving to God and saying, God, I've sinned. You know what I've done. I'm sorry <coughs> for what I've done. And just letting Him have it. We want to hold it as close to us because we don't want to let anybody else to see it. And instead of saying, yeah, we've all sinned. But I think it's that sin that keeps me from seeing myself as God sees me. Mm -hmm. Because He sees me pure the way He made me, mm -hmm. not with the sin. He also sees us through the rose-colored glasses of Jesus Christ. And so therefore, God cannot look upon sin, but He can look at us as perfect because we're covered by the blood. That does not mean on the other side of those glasses we're perfect, but he sees us as perfect because of the blood of Christ. Amen. And that just increases the worth and the value and the magnitude of Christ's sacrifice on the cross for us. Because now we're able to go directly to God. We can pray to him. We can talk to him. We can walk with him. Didn't used to be like that. Didn't used to be like that. That wasn't the way it was in the Old Testament. It was different. Anybody else? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, harking back to what our brother said earlier, 
I too have struggled most of my life with loving myself. <clears throat> and um, I think what got in the way of that was thinking that it was egotistical to love yourself. Yeah. In the world's way of thinking it is. Yeah. Until I finally realized what he did on the cross. Not only did he pour out his blood for forgiveness for sin like you've all been talking about, but he poured out his spirit. His spirit now dwells in me. Jesus is in me. Mm -hmm. And something I've come to, to say to when greeting brothers and sisters in Christ anymore is that Jesus in me sees and loves the Jesus in you. And that's what us dwelling in all of the people here in this place. He sees the Jesus in you. And he sees the love in you. And it's Jesus himself. And so what prevents me from seeing myself as God sees me? My pride. My pride gets in the way of thinking I have to do it myself. And really, I am someone who is in need of Him. And realizing that He is in me, not only do I need Him, but He does well in me. And that can make me a beautiful person who can love others. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we can all say with you that I, I don't believe there's anybody in here that believes different than what you've just said in that we all me included, me especially, need Him. Because without Him, I am nothing. Interesting. Very, very good. Thank you. Anybody else? I yeah. want to share. I've been paying attention, but I've been looking at this picture of Jesus in the center where it says, He restores my soul. Restoration, restores, renew. He is authoritative, infallible, unadulterated, no fornication within him, and he's placed that love in us, and he kept showing me something, I wasn't going to say it, and I was like, I need you to be like the fleece, I need you to kind of make it moist over here, so I started sweating a little bit, <laughs> I said, okay, I guess you want me to speak this word, and when I look back at what prevents, what prevents, hinders, stops, hurdles for me, from sometimes, and failure, failure, saying what he says about it, is this right here. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. A lot of things from my history, from all the stages of youth to, young, to a young adult, a young man, teenager, preteen, the impact community had on me, family, friends, people I thought would never hurt me, hurt me the worst turned their back on me, and then to open my heart to a stranger I had never seen, never heard, that said, no, I love you. You're beautiful. It made me think of Adam and Eve. They were made adults, but they had childlike minds. He says, whatever you call it, that's what will be my son. Make it. Be creative. Then something sneaks in and says something disastrous. In the same place that they were put. Same place where I was put as a child, someone lied to me, deceived me, hurt me. And those things can still creep up. My childlike, my child um, um, fears. And now as a man, i got to protect the child in me. And say, no, they can't hurt you anymore. That person at work that said that, the, the, that he has come to kill, steal, and destroy, your soul has no power. My truth is your shield. It is your weapon. Your helmet, my helmet is your weapon. Every word I taught you 
It may be triggering me from my history, but he says, you stand in my presence. He has restored my soul. He has restored my mind. If you would all just take a minute, look at that picture, look at that smile on his face. That's how he sees me. He smiles at me, even when I'm struggling. In my child, but here I stand as a man. And we all stand, I'll come right to you, we all stand in a different place Amen. with him. Some are at the starting line. Some of us are getting closer to being with him. <laughs> and that's all right with me. Amen. When he's ready, I'm ready. <laughs> so that's fine. But it says, he talks about in one place where you should be on the meat of the word and you're still on the milk. You see, he knows where we should be. And he'll try to tell us where we should be if we're listening to him. But that doesn't mean everybody is ready to be on the meat. Everybody's where He has brought them if they're listening to Him in the sanctification process. Go ahead. I'll say one thing that um, prevents me is um, forgetfulness. I remember in the book of um, with, uh, Exodus, when God was saying, one of the things He said was, uh, you forgetful generation. So that's what I think is sometimes what prevents me is forgetting where God took me out of and where I'm supposed to be forgetting that I got baptized and I believe in the, the, the cross and the blood of Jesus. I think it's that what, what forbids me is, for my goal is just forgetfulness, forgetting where I was, forgetting the miracles, forgetting the things that answered prayers, the things that you cannot even, the miracles that you can't even speak of because you cannot fathom it. Those things that, are, that I think that prevent me from, um, from walking on water is just forgetfulness. Forgetting the Word of God. It's a good point. It's a very good point. The... Uh, when we, we're not supposed to dwell on the things we did in the past. But it's not a bad thing to remember them, especially when you're looking at somebody for the first time and you look at what they're doing and you're disgusted by it. And then you went, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What was I doing? And who was looking at me as disgusted when I was doing all this stuff? But somebody looked on me with kindness and grace. And if it was not a human being, and there probably was a human being in your life, because he puts people in your life. But at least, at the very least, which is actually the very most, it was Jesus Christ. They looked on you with grace and peace and love. And you see, so when we see that person that's doing something disgusting that now bothers us, but we probably did before, we ought to look at it a little differently. Once again, I'm talking to me too, so that's not pointed at everybody else. Anybody else? Just one little... Sure, go anyway, ahead. <laughs> those that have hurt and loved me, and vice versa, those I have loved and hurt. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hold up, quick saying, everybody. In order to like, be used to restore or overcome, in order to overcome anything in our lives that is bad, one thing that everybody does is so easy to do, but it's the hardest thing to do in the right way is communicate. If it's hard to overcome, ask for help. Put your pride aside, humble yourself, and know that the Lord got you and guide you the right way. Humble yourself and talk about things. You know, don't keep it in, because when you guys keep anybody, keep, any human being keeps anything in, don't talk about it, it's going to go up and just, wherever it happens, it's just going to explode. And better like, whoa, what's wrong with him? Or he, he or she. But just talk about it. And we're, we're all going through stuff, and I'm pretty sure one of us can relate. Yeah, you guys overcome it. Absolutely. 
Well, I'm going to cut it off there because of the time. <laughs> the time's getting there. <laughs> and then some. Let me just go a little bit further here. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. <laughs> I had to show that for him. Strength. Be strong and have a good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who gives, goes with you. He will not leave you, nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.6. Boy, what a promise. What a promise. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. This has been a great time, as far as I'm concerned. I've gotten to know some of you a little better listening to you. It's absolutely wonderful. Deb, do you have anything you'd like to wrap up here for the same? No, but after we pray out, um, Ruth is going to share with us. Right. I really, I, and I'm glad you reminded me because uh, forget uh, for this <laughs> is here. But I just, I appreciate you sharing each one of you. It shows me where you are with the Lord. And that draws me closer to you. I might understand you a little better. You might understand me a little better. One of the other slides I had that we didn't use said, rest in the Lord. And that's what I encourage every one of us, me included, to do. Rest in Him. Doesn't mean don't do anything. That, that's different. Doesn't mean don't do anything. But we can rest in His promises, in His grace, in His mercy, in His peace, and in His everlasting what? Love. Let us pray. Father, we come before you tonight amazed at you and what you've done and when you started doing it and that you're still doing it and that you'll do it throughout eternity. Lord, we praise and glorify your name for each one of these people here tonight. For the ones who spoke and the ones who didn't speak because they have things on their heart and mind too and you know them all. You know every one of us. Thank you for that, Lord, and thank you for loving us. We give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, before we go, I'd ask Ruth to come up, and she's got the thing right, mic for you right there, and uh, she's going to share with us. Antes de compartir lo que el, um, la tradición que, que les quiero compartir, quiero responder esas preguntas que tuvimos. So, cuando yo empecé a venir a esta, a esta iglesia, fue en mayo, 
fue por, por David que un hermano lo invitó y dije yo voy a ir a la iglesia a ver cómo es la iglesia y ya que te den permiso pues tú empiezas a venir y le pregunté al Brother John y le pregunté al pastor, le pregunté acerca de, este, de esta iglesia. Pero al, al final me puse a orar y ayunar. Le dije, Señor, ¿qué es este ministerio? ¿Qué es esta iglesia? Y, cre y creo en mi corazón que así es como Dios los ve porque and, lo respondió en oración a mí me dijo um, estoy formando estoy levantando un ejército de hombres que no tienen miedo de seguirme que les han quitado sus derechos, les han quitado su libertad y pueden sentir que no hay nada más que les puedan quitar en la vida y su familia y todo. Y pueden sentir que no hay nada más que les quite. Y han tomado la decisión de seguirme, de ser mis discípulos y de seguir a Jesús. Esa es la respuesta que Dios me dio en oración acerca de esta iglesia. So, le dije, Señor, déjame, quiero ser parte de este ministerio. La segunda, como, Dios, como yo siento que Dios me ve o que me... Yo crecí en un hogar cristiano. Desde niña yo sentí que Dios me amaba, nunca me sentí sola, siempre sentí... Me enseñaron mis padres que Dios estaba conmigo, so, así es como crecí y como se formó mi fe. Es como se formó mi fe. That's how my, my, uh, my faith formed. So, um, y cuando llegué a este país en el 96, tenía... When I, when I came to this, uh, to the United States, uh, y dos años después me casé y fue difícil fue un, fueron 20 años muy difíciles con mi, con mi ex esposo y una de las cosas que más me dolía era que me humillara tanto humiliar 
Y cuando yo lloraba, siempre decía, Señor, yo soy tu hija, tú me amas. No ha cambiado nada, aunque sea lo, aunque yo me haya equivocado. No, la fe que tenía de niña siempre salía cuando era adulta y en mis momentos más difíciles. Y que no ha cambiado nada and de como tú me miras. Ok, so esa es la, la primera parte de las dos, de dos preguntas que tuvimos. So, la segunda parte es la razón que estamos aquí. So, ahora es enero 6. So, como yo, yo crecí en México y la tradición era que no recibía regalos en Navidad, en, en el 25. La tradición era que celebrabas el nacimiento de Jesús y íbamos a la iglesia, cantábamos, teníamos dramas, teníamos comida, pero la razón era el nacimiento de Jesús. Teníamos decoraciones, y, um, música, luces, pero nosotros sabíamos que Santa Claus no era de verdad, que nada de eso. So, cuando recibíamos un regalo, a, a present, que es la tradición en México y en muchos otros países hispanos, other places es que recibes el regalo el 6 de enero y la razón es porque um, cuando los reyes magos trajeron los regalos a Jesús entonces, el 6 de enero en la mañana te amanecía un regalo junto a la cama. Y nada más era uno y no era juguete. Era un par de zapatos, una camiseta, algún útil escolar, algo que se iba a usar de todo el, todo el año. No era nada... Y todos esperábamos el 6 de enero. So we, we all for January 6. Y en la mañana despertábamos temprano y a ver qué estaba junto, qué nos habían traído los Reyes Magos. So, no creía en Santa Claus por los No, no, no creía en Santa Claus. Y porque hay 
y el regalo estaba, estaba envuelto. So the, the present was wrapped up, wrapped. Y es por un versículo de la Biblia que dice del versículo. No sé si lo pusieron allá, si lo van a poner en la. You have it? Matthew 2. Ahí está. So, le traían, en una versión dice que le trajeron los regalos y los abrieron y, les, y le ofrecieron el regalo. So, uh, basado en ese versículo es nuestra tradición de que los reyes magos te traen el regalo. So, llamó mi atención hace unos domingos que, que el pastor predicó de Christmas y de todo eso como de Santa Claus y dije y dije se me hizo hasta como como triste dije cuál yo crecí como como les digo el 25 nada más celebramos el nacimiento de Jesús y hasta el 6 de enero abríamos los regalos so, yo lo compartí con el pastor y dijo vamos a compartirlo y tenemos Ahora que es el Día de los Reyes Magos, el 6 de enero, tenemos... Tenemos un presente para ustedes. She yes. already gave me my gift because when she introduced herself as Ruth, the first thing I told her was, that's my favorite book in the Bible. <laughs> But I didn't tell her why. The reason Ruth is my favorite book in the Bible is because it's about love, family, and not necessarily blood. I think that you should share with them how you, why you came to our country, too, because they don't know that you're, like... Your parents are missionaries to our country. It's, it, you know, you always think of us going to other countries, but your parents came, wow. and that's important. So, mis papás son pastores parents, y misioneros. The missionaries, pastors. Um, de México, la iglesia de Nazareno los mandó a este país, a Chandler. From Mexico, the Church of Nazareth sent us from uh, Chandler. Y así es como yo llegué a este país y en el 96 yo, yo me había graduado de la high school en México ese verano. Tenía 17 años. Y así crecí, crecí en la iglesia. Eso, eso puso el, el, el fundamento de mi fe, crecer, conocer la palabra, estar en un ambiente cristiano. Eso es. Vamos a dar los regalos.
I'm going to give you the gift. Who are you, Peter?